issue, and that's the problem, is that you're, we're up against a bipartisan uniparty that is a cartel that avoids conflict, that it avoids leverage points in which members actually get to go and have a vote on these high levels of spending. In the aftermath of the debt deal that Kevin McCarthy negotiated with Joe Biden and relied on Democrat votes to pass, there's no leverage points left between now and the end of the Biden term except for this one. And so that's why, with so many existential crises facing us as Americans, it is vital that this be used as an opportunity to deal with the fiscal crisis and to deal with the fact that the country, the government is woke and weaponized. Yeah. And that's why this CR misses the mark to such a great degree. Yeah, well, you did, and it kicks it you know, another month down the road. But I don't understand how, I mean, when you have the breakdown that we have, I mean, they only have a few extra seats over Democrats. And there's a lot of, you know, the, the Republicans never stick together in these moments. They always have a few people that fray off and just go with the Democrats because they're in Biden seats or whatever. How, how can they actually manipulate this moment to get this done? The problem is that Kevin McCarthy has not led for months. And he had an opportunity when the wind was at a sail earlier in the year when he was actually governing with House conservatives. Yeah. And he has dithered for months. And as a result, he's up against a, a deadline. And he's still not going forward with trying to deal with the existential fights facing this country. And I think that's there needs to be a reckoning with him you before think he, just, he has a chance to get the moderates on board. And I do think that is possible, but it's going to require his leadership. Do you think he just does, doesn't want to cut the budget? Does he is he just not interested in in, in in this in what the fiscal hawks are interested in? Because it seems like he's not. Robert, he doesn't like risk, and we're not going to save the country without a little bit of political risk. There's manageable risk, and that is what we should be pursuing to be able to actually deal with what the country sent these individuals to Congress to be able to work on their behalf. Kevin McCarthy wants to do as much as he can up until there is a difficult yeah. political situation for him to navigate. Friends, if your congressman votes yes on the continuing resolution in the House right now, send them packing ASAP. Welcome to Training Tuesday here on the Rob Manus Show live at the Red Voice Media Network. And welcome to our X Spaces audience. Uh, we love to have you guys on and uh, look forward to your questions and comments in each and every segment if we get to them. The continuing resolution debate happening right now is the best indication that Speaker McCarthy is not in compliance with the agreement he made to gain that speakership, and he could easily do it because here's the list of items he has to do. Return to regular budget order. What does that mean? 12 individual budget appropriations bills, single subject spending bills. That's not hard. No, he hasn't done a balanced budget bill. That's not hard either. Return to pre-COVID spending levels. Did you know the government spending grew 40% during the pandemic? We've got to get back to where we were. A term limits vote. The vote doesn't even have to pass. Just bring it up for a vote. All the January 6 tapes released, all of them. The American people and the defendants that are political prisoners right now need that information and it's being withheld. Impeachment. Provide some accountability for the Biden crime family. And no, an inquiry is not enough. You have enough evidence. It is extremely difficult to defeat an incumbent Congress member, no matter what party they are in. But in Mississippi's 4th District, we voters did exactly that in the last election cycle and replaced our congressman with another one in a race where all the challengers ran on basically an America First platform. 
Mr. Producer, why don't you call, uh, bring on up pick one. Thank you. Well, guess what? That congressman that won, Mikey Zell, has a challenger because he's not doing the things he said he would do. In fact, he voted for the debt deal that removed budget power from the new Republican majority Congress right out of the gate. Businessman and entrepreneur Carl Boynton, who was one of the challengers against that last Mississippi 4th District incumbent, has officially announced his decision to primary Mr. Rizel. So far, there's no indication that Mr. Rizel will oppose the continuing resolution that will give up more power to our current weaponized government. Mr. Boynton joins me today to discuss these issues and his campaign. Carl Boynton, welcome to the Rob Manus Show, sir. Howdy, Rob. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great, man. Uh, so uh, uh, you heard you heard the opening monologue and the little uh, cold opening clip there from Russ Boat uh, over on the, at Newsmax. Uh, now Russ uh, ran OMB for President Trump. He was his last OMB director, so he fully understands the budget process and. Uh, and man, all we're asking is a return to order, regular order, when it comes to that. And the budget process is key to everything else downstream, isn't it? Oh, it is. As a matter of fact, if you if you look, since they voted for that debt ceiling increase, we heard that we hit thirty-three trillion in debt. You know, and uh, unfortunately, you're taking away all the leverage we have uh, with the debt ceiling vote. Uh, the Congress, their only tool is the purse. And, you know, unfortunately, they're not using it and they should. I think the Freedom Caucus and those members are right. You know, we need to hold their feet to the fire and, you know, guarantee if I was there right now, I'd be fighting right there with them. Yeah, uh, I've noticed the standard tropes coming out from the Republican leadership, Carl, that, uh, uh, that uh, you know, these people are extremists that are calling for me to meet the agreement uh, uh, that I'm on and those kinds of things. Uh, uh, and your hat says, make a Congress great again. Uh, I'm assuming that that means stopping that baloney, because I've been hearing it ever since I ran for office uh, after I left the military and two years later ran for U.S. Senate, uh, is that the, you know, the establishment Republicans, some people call them uniparty folks that are in leadership positions especially, uh, but all of them that are pro-federal government as opposed to pro-American people, uh, which is all we ask, be pro-American people, uh, but all of them start trotting these things out, you know, oh, you, you know that can't be done, et cetera. Uh, that's got to be one of the main reasons you decided you're going to run again for Congress, well, right? Well, again, one of the main reasons was, as you know, Mikey Zell's a friend of mine, but the trouble is, is the fact that you know, when we were campaigning last time, we all said that we would not vote for Kevin McCarthy. And this is the reason why yeah. is because he's an entrenched establishment Republican. Uh, spending money does not bother him. Uh, but yet, and 15 first votes Mikey Zell made were for Kevin McCarthy. And, you know, I told him then, I said, you know, that's going to cost you, buddy, because, you know, we actually campaigned against that. And, you know, it's not a good look that your first vote is going against what you campaigned on. And, of course, she comes up with the same excuses that, you know, well, I talked to Kevin and Steve, and they're going to make sure I get reelected, and I'm going to get a good committee seat. We all knew that. That's what the establishment does. 
you know, but the trouble is if you're going to be a true leader, you got to lead, you know, uh, you don't just go there and acquiesce the first day. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what are the top three things on your platform? I'm assuming number one is the, the budget process or the budget, right? Well, yeah, I mean, myself personally, like I said, if I was there right now, I would be in their ear. I'd be on TV saying the same thing that a lot of the Freedom Caucus members are saying. And, you know, they call them extremists and stuff. But, you know, extremism isn't spending money you don't have. You know, people are always asking me, well, would you support this? Would you support that? And the first thing I tell them, I said, you know, I could support some stuff if we actually had the money. But we don't have yeah. the money. Uh you know, we got to borrow money to give away. And um, being in business for over 40 years, you know, that never works well in business. You know, normally <laughs> you have you you can't run a business from a deficit long and uh not not go out of business. And you know, if you look yeah. at uh, this this government right now with Kevin McCarthy there, is that you know, we've taken in I think four point three trillion in uh tax revenue, but mm -hmm. they've spent 6.3 trillion already so we're already two trillion in the hole already this year so what why aren't we not cutting spending i mean you're a republican and i always tell the republicans you know your goal is to go there and put money back in the people's pockets not take more from them you know we have 200 trillion in unfunded liabilities we're actually bankrupt already you know, because there is no way on earth we're going to fund $200 trillion. But most people don't know that. And they just think that, you know, this debt is just a phantom thing out there that's nothing's going to happen. And I've told people, I said, you know, when you lose Medicare and Medicaid, you know, that's when you're going to start noticing that this is a problem. Yeah, uh, I think I don't think people honestly believe that that's going to happen, Carl. I don't think that they honestly believe that Social Security is going to default. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of us uh, my age, we're starting to look at uh, uh, whether we're going to take benefits at 62 or go all the way to full retirement. I think my age group is 67 uh, for full retirement. Uh, but, you know, the default line is is right out there at about 2033, I think, if, unless that's changed recently, uh, you know, and uh, uh, when, I guess when the government can just spend as much money at, or print as much money as it wants, people get lulled into this false sense of security. Uh, and, and it's weak leadership like Kevin McCarthy that, I mean, he's obviously taking the steps to continue the uniparty establishment's flow on the budget process that's been happening for over 20 years now uh, that's not regular order, where we used to have 12 appropriations bills, single subject spending bills, uh, and those kinds of things. Uh, and, and the committees heard them out, and we came up out, you know, the outcome was really good, uh, debated, uh, well, mostly well thought through. Uh, appropriations bills uh, for each of the areas that they're supposed to do it in. Uh, but now we've come to this continuing resolution deal, and then uh, what happens at the end of the year? The Cromnibus. Uh, you know, which funds the whole government. And there's just all kinds of things that we'll get into later in the show uh, that we don't no longer want funded here. Uh, but that's, that looks like the path that McCarthy is on now. Oh, it is. I mean, again, that's what I said. I mean, that's the reason why myself, I couldn't have supported him if I got there. I'd have stood with the Freedom Caucus. And, you know, of course, 
they did what they said. They got some rules changes and they got a lot of stuff signed off on. But like you said, he's not doing any of them. I mean, I don't understand yeah. why you can't have that tournament bill out on the floor day one and get people on the record. You know, and if I'm there, I mean, that's what I do is I take that, I take my tournament bill, which is, you know, I'm going to use the 1994 mm -hmm. American tournament bill and I'm going to introduce that. And then, of course, chastise people that don't get out there and put it on the floor. I mean, all these people vote that they're for term limits. Well, let's get them on the record. And the ones that aren't voting uh, or supporting term limits, they need to be primaried out. You know, again, it's one yep. of those things that, you know, if you vote, if you if you campaign on something, well, you should support that. Not that's change. Why I ran, as soon as you that's get why there. I ran for office in the first place, because the people running weren't were in office and they didn't do what they said they would do when they campaigned. Well, let's go over to our Spaces audience and take a question or a comment real quick before the first break. Uh, uh, Shell uh, is the producer over there. Uh, Shell, uh, I'm assuming some folks have a microphone. Uh, go ahead and line up who's first and uh, fire away. All right, we've got Kevin, and let me tell you, he's been anxious to talk to you, sir. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, my first question, and thanks for having me on, and I'll get back to a listener after I ask my question, is there's been a lot of rumors Michelle Obama has a big old black cock. They say it's got a lot of girth. <laughs> that is not a question. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, but but thanks for your comment. We appreciate it. Uh, now, the serious part of that, though, is that the rumors are out there that are pretty strong that Michelle Obama may be going to run in 2024 and, and challenge Joe Biden, which is a primary on the other side. Uh, 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 Carl, what do you think about that? Uh, obviously, you're primarying an incumbent. Uh, where are you yeah. at on that? Well, I think anybody that seriously challenges Biden and the Democrats don't stand in the way would probably beat him. I mean, I don't know why we don't want to keep Biden in there, because I think anybody in 2024 can beat Biden. I mean, yeah. you, can't, you can't look at him on a debate stage and think that this guy is going to come up with a cognizant uh, uh, response to a question because, you know, I mean, you just look at him and it's like this is the leader of the free world. And unfortunately, being a Democrat, I'm sure that's not what they actually want. They want to be the leader for life. I think, uh, unfortunately, right. the Democratic Party has turned so far left now. They're the party that is resembles communists more than we've ever seen before. Yeah, and if Kevin's comment were uh, turned out to be fact, uh, you know, the Democrat Party they're they're okay with uh, that men, with men that say they're women and demand other people uh, say that they're women and and want you to go to jail if you refuse to acknowledge it because of your religious beliefs or common sense or anything else. So uh, there's some which is even more important why the GOP Congress and control of the House of Representatives needs to defund a lot of programs that are. Uh, 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 being funded right now. Uh, uh, so we got to take a break to pay for the show, Carl, uh, but we'll be right back to the Rob Mana Show Live talking with uh, Mississippi 4th District Congressional Candidate Carl Boynton, uh, one of the first primary uh, challengers that I've seen on the Republican side for a congressman that said one thing on the campaign trail and is not doing it. We'll be right back after this message. 
Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. Mr. Speaker, I'm not voting for a continuing resolution. I'm not voting to continue the failure and the waste and the corruption and the election interference, and in some cases, the efforts that could lead this country into World War III. I oppose the CR authored by my friend and colleague from Florida, Byron Donalds. The Donald CR continues the Ukraine policy negotiated by Speaker Pelosi and Mitch McConnell in the omnibus that conservatives were against. The Donald CR is a permission slip for Jack Smith to continue his election interference as they are trying to gag the president, the former president of the United States and the leading contender for the Republican nomination. And the Donald CR abandons the principle that it is only a review of single subject spending bills that will save this country and allow us to tweeze through these programs and force these agencies to stand up and defend their budget. My friends, we are approaching the days where we're facing $2 trillion annual deficits atop a $33 trillion debt. This is unsustainable. And just to continue things with some facial 8% cut over 30 days that will lead to no programmatic reform is an insult to the principles we fought for in January. I yield back. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show, and that's uh, Republican uh, and Florida Congressman Matt Gates there, uh, who was really the leader of the folks opposed to Mo Kevin McCarthy's speakership election, uh, and uh, was uh, in large part the drafter of the agreement that he now says McCarthy is not in compliance with. And we're talking to... Uh, uh, Mississippi 4th District congressional candidate who's primarying an incumbent that voted for the debt deal, Congressman Mike Ezell. Uh, here, who's a nice guy. I, I know him too, uh, not as well as you do, but uh, Carl, but uh, he's a nice guy. This has nothing to do with being nice guy though. You heard just a little bit of the, of what's at stake with a continuing resolution uh, uh, from Mr. Gates there, the continued funding of this Ukraine war, which continues to march us down a track to where soon it will be American kids that are bleeding and dying in that meat grinder over there that's true i mean again like i said you know uh, a leader gets out there like gates and he's on the floor chastising people for you know not following through with what they came what they campaigned on or what they agreed to and stuff and to me that's 
You know, that's what I would be doing. I mean, I don't understand why we don't have more congressmen to get on the floor and actually, you know, push what the the truth is and the narrative that, you know, as a Republican, we should take the lead on all these narratives and quit, you know, letting the Democrats take and run every narrative, you know, uh, or our establishment Republicans that really, you know, that sometimes there's just not a whole lot of difference between them and Democrats. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, the reason I wouldn't have voted for Kevin McCarthy was the fact that he's been in leadership for 15 years. And to me, that actually being around that puts you out of touch with the re regular people. You know, so you really don't understand the pain that these people go through. And so, you know, you're you're on such a high level hanging out with billionaires and big time politicians and stuff that, you know, you really have no clue what's going on below you. Yeah, not after you've been doing that as a career. Uh, I don't think our system was really designed to have career uh, no. careers in, in Congress, uh, quite frankly, uh, which is uh, all the more reason that uh, I've supported term limits to uh, for for Congress uh, in the House and the Senate, uh, just like we have uh, added for the presidency uh, because of that. I mean, this, this country is meant to be run by the citizens uh, yeah. and not rich citizens. I mean, some, I mean, there are rich citizens, so there should be some, uh, but, but there are more, many more middle-class citizens that uh, are perfectly capable of uh, running this government and legislating. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, crazy because this was this situation was pre predictable you you, you kind of touched on it there that that you would have voted against him uh because he's been in leadership so long and that leadership supported the very same actions that we're about to see happen now right. you know uh, now, they're calling this continuing resolution the Byron Donald CR uh, on the uh, conservative, uh, in the conservative wing of the Republican Party up in the House. They've convinced Byron Donalds, uh, who, who I've followed quite closely, as a matter of fact, some of, some of the folks that I've worked with very closely in fundraising and campaign work for his campaign. Uh, he was a long shot and he won. And he, so far up to this point, has been very uh, America first, uh, opposed to the leadership's uh, uh, fecklessness and those kind of things. And now all of a sudden, they've convinced him that this is the right way to go. Well, you know, again, you know, I, I've followed this quite a bit. And, you know, I think, again, I mean, some politicians fall right in, uh, others take a little bit longer. But it's almost like they must have a lot of pressure out there because, again, you know, for you to take and go back on what you campaign on and who you are, you know, uh, to me is disingenuous. I mean, myself personally, you know, I've been in business for over 45 years. That stuff don't impress me. Uh, I, I believe in term limits, but we don't have to pass term limits for me. I'm not going to stay there for 20 years. If I get six to eight years and I ain't got something done, I don't want to be there anyway. I mean, the idea is, you know, citizen legislatures, uh, uh, legislators, up until the turn of the century in the uh, 19th century, 20th century, uh, the average length of time for uh, a senator or a congressman was like 3.8 years. You know, it's been growing exponentially ever since that. And, since, and like now we're pushing close to, I think it's 12.9 years is the average term. I mean, you got people in there dying in Congress and the Senate that never get out. 
I yeah. mean, uh, it, it's, it's a shame because term limits would help that, but you know, this is something that, you know, when you're going to Congress or the Senate, it should be there to do something, have a goal, an initiative that you're supporting, push for that and get that done and go home. I mean, you know, the, the, this shouldn't be a career. You look at John McCain. I mean, you know, he had to die as a Senator, you know, Diane Feinstein, uh, you know, it's, they just don't want to get out. Um, you know, we had the longest serving uh, Republican congressman that died a couple of years ago, which nobody even knew who he was. He's been there for 52 years, uh, young out of uh, Alaska. I asked that question yeah. to a lot of people. Who's the longest serving congressman? Nobody even heard of him. You just sit there, you stay there, you follow what you're told to do. They help keep you getting elected and boom, you're there for 40 years, 50 years. And, you know, you got a good career and all that stuff. But, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You know, we should yeah. be going there to help our constituents and stuff. And the bad part is we have such apathy in voting and politics right now. I was with a group the other night catching cats. Uh, and uh, the lady there said, you know, I haven't voted in years. And she said, I just don't see politicians that really want to help people. They promise, they go, and they don't do what they say they're going to do. And they just impose their will on us. And she says, but you know, since I met you, I might go and vote again. You're not a stuffed shirt. You actually, you know, you come here and you helped us, worked with us. It was interesting catching cats. But, uh, you know, again, you, you, you tell the truth. I mean, you, you do what yeah. you say you're going to do. And you're there to help your constituents. So that's kind of, you know, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I, I could stay in business. And just keep doing my business and make a lot of money. But uh, I see my daughters and my grandkids coming into destruction like Venezuela. If we don't get good mm -hmm. people that aren't afraid to say the emperor has no clothes and tell, yeah. tell you the truth, Biden ain't got no clothes. He ain't got nothing. You know, <laughs> he stuff. didn't have a brain. Uh, yeah, no brain, nothing. So, I mean, yeah. again, you know, we need people that aren't afraid to, 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 actually uh have a conversation uh and change the narrative and i think one of the problems yeah. we have is republicans don't articulate our positions worth a crap i mean if you even look at like this iran uh deal where you know you watch on tv and the, and the democrats say well you know that six billion dollars was their money anyway so what <laughs> and then oh we're going to control where it goes but i didn't hear anybody on tv say Okay, well, you can control where it goes, and it goes to humanitarian humanitarian reasons. But the mm -hmm. trouble is, you're freeing up six billion dollars. They don't have to spend for that now. So yes, they do get six billion dollars out of it. So now they can use that six billion dollars to work on their nuclear program. I mean, common sense is out the window with these people, and they'll say anything and do anything to push their agenda. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, let's go back over to the Spaces audience, Shell, uh, and see if we've got a question from the audience this time. All right, we've got James, Lou, Bishop, and Tab. Let's see if they've got one. Anybody? Yeah, uh, 
uh, Colonel Rob, uh, let me ask you on this uh, continuing resolution deal. Um, you know, we're watching these politicians that are just not even explaining to the American people about, you know, this is not a government shutdown. This is about getting fiscal control back and responsibility back into our, our systems. And yet they're out there, these Congress people, they're tweeting about how much they can bench press and how much they can run. And, and you know, they sound like they're just another guy running around on Twitter. Why are we not seeing more of these people be like Representative Corey Mills, where they're out there explaining why this Donald's uh, resolution is so bad for the country and why we need to move forward with shutting it all down, just stopping the madness? Yeah, I'll let, I'll let Carl address that because I want to hear his thoughts on it, too. Go ahead, Carl. I agree 100 percent. I mean, you know, this is what I was just talking about. As Republicans, we don't articulate our position well. Corey Mills is out there doing it. Uh, but, you know, everybody else is just quiet. Our own congressman, it's like, you know, as we well know, we'll probably be voting for the continuing resolution. And it'll, you know, there's, you know, to me, we don't have people out there that are, aren't afraid to go in front of the cameras and say, look, this is the reason why we're doing this. I mean, we need to shut this down. We need to shut the Department of Education down. I mean, right now we have control of the purse. I still don't get it. If I was the leadership right now, I'd say, well, this is easy. Here's 80 billion right here. There's no more Department of Education. You know, there you go. Save okay. $80 billion. You know, again, this is, you got to have, you know, you got to be bold and not afraid that, oh, no, you can't do that. You're going to hurt all these people's feelings. Heck, I yeah. like one thing that Vivek said is that, you know, I'm going to I'm going to fire 75 percent of the uh, the government workers because that's all mm -hmm. people that got jobs during the pandemic. You know, they're the people <laughs> yeah. that got hired. You know, we don't need that many. To tell you the truth, my goal would be is we get uh, elected and Trump gets elected and I'll be right there helping him is he needs to take those 87,000 IRS agents, make them mm -hmm. into ICE agents, and have them take and deport the millions that came across under Biden, but not deport them to their home, deport them across the border to Mexico. And I guarantee yeah. you in a couple of months, Mexico will be building the wall on their side of the wall, uh, water. Exactly right. You're exactly right. Well, let's take one more question from the Spaces audience. Uh, Shell, uh, it looks like Chad Caton's got his hand up. Uh, go ahead, Chad. Yeah, thank you, gentlemen. Ultimately, we're sick and tired of the bullshit. Can we just get real with them for a minute? And the idea that our leadership is sitting in Washington and we're supposed to call them representation in any way, shape, or form is really what drives me every day because ultimately we're tired of, and I'll use Cat's uh, favorite word, feckless, limp-wristed Republicans and Democrats that aren't doing what's necessary for the overall country. We are constantly playing the politics instead of what's important. And ultimately, we need to make tough decisions with a $33 million or trillion dollar uh, deficit and everything else that we're looking at right now. It would be nice to see you up there on Capitol Hill, sir. And and we need more people like that. I hope you remember it when you do get elected, this conversation, because we need leaders. We don't need people to sit up there and make $175,000 and do nothing. We need more fighters. Amen. I, I, agree. I don't have work, work. to say that. that. That man wants to make a donation to your campaign, Carl. Where can he make a donation to your campaign? Carl, the number four Congress. There you go, Chad. 
Put your money where your mouth is, brother. I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, you know, if we don't, if we don't, the bad part is we got to show up in the primaries because unfortunately we lose in the primaries and we're not, we're not getting the best people. You know, when you have 20 to 30% of the people show up and vote, well, you know, they're going to vote for the name they recognize and it's going to be mostly establishment voters that come out. You know, I'm trying to find a way to, to get people that aren't involved involved. I'm trying to get young conservatives involved. Uh, I'm trying to go to colleges, schools, any youth club and talk to them to get them to understand what conservative is and also not go there and preach to them, but answer their questions. Because, you know, again, we have common sense solutions. If you understand business, there's common sense solutions to everything we got going on right now. And we need to get there with people that understand that. I mean, you know, we keep electing, you know, like I say, 12 years of Palazzo. And I'll ask anybody, what was his big accomplishment? 12 years, you know, and I don't know any big accomplishment he made. I'm not even sure if he ever introduced a bill that got passed or even introduced a bill. So I don't I mean, know, really, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. And that's, I, I go there with a lot of bold initiatives that I would be supporting right out the gate, taking over the narrative when we talk about climate change. As Republican, yeah. Republicans, we always deny there's climate change. Well, that's fine, except for the fact that Democrats have taken that narrative for four decades and spent trillions of dollars on it. How about we say, all right, let's say there is climate change. Well, here's a solution for you. And it don't cost let's, let's Let's talk about that right after this commercial break, uh, Carl. I want to talk about some of those bold solutions. And let's start with that one. We'll be right back on the Rob Manus Show Live after this message. Moms and dads of America, you love your kids, you love God, you love this country, and you're tired of watching companies betray your values and ruin great products. Don't get angry. Invest your time, energy, and money into the people that are building the country you want for your kids and standing for the values that will lead to their blessing and protection. Invest in companies like Brave Books, they are on a mission to create content for kids that is safe for them to enjoy. They have kids' books that teach about character, hard work, and the value of being brave. If you join their Book of the Month Club, you get a new book sent to your door every month that will teach your kids pro-God, pro-American values. Brave books will not betray your trust. Your children and your grandchildren will thank you. Remember... The land of the free depends on the homes of the brave. This one's on me, bud. Every day is going to be a challenge. We got a long week. We're 
September 30th yet, but the one thing I'll tell everybody, um, I've never seen anybody win a shutdown. We only put the power in the hands of the administration. If you want to secure the border, pass Homeland. If you want to make uh, America strong and secure, you pass the DOD appropriate bill. If you're not willing to pass appropriation bills, and you're not willing to pass a continuing resolution to allow you to pass the rest of appropriation bills, and you don't want an omnibus, I don't quite know what you want. So, I mean, we just have to get together, figure it out, and move forward. Welcome back to The Rob Mana Show. And that right there is why we're talking with a primary challenger to a sitting congressman that just went into Congress, uh, Congress because he was running on an America First platform opposing those types of approaches. Uh, he just said that his team doesn't want to pass appropriations bills. Well, that's baloney. You'll see in the next segment at that opening clip what's at stake and what people like Matt Gates are demanding, Carl. Uh, and that's the narrative that they like. And you were talking before the break that we've got to seize the narrative on some things, and you were talking about the climate change. What's your ideas on how do we seize that narrative and put it back in the right place? Because quite honestly, I'm a conservator of the environment. I care deeply about it. My grandchildren deserve a country uh, that, and a world that can survive uh, and those kind of things. Uh, but. The craziness on the left that's also bought into by a lot of people on the right, including that man right there, Kevin McCarthy, he uses their same terminology, is driving trillions of expenditures and policies that actually hurt the environment much more than they help it. As a matter of fact, we're killing whales in the northeastern oceans of the country uh, uh, in the hundreds at least uh, because of a desire to put windmills, out, wind generators out at sea. Uh, that's just not going to work very well anyway. No, and the bad part is, too, is that, you know, people, Democrats and these Republicans that believe in that, that Green New Deal stuff, is the problem that, you know, they look at one solution, but they don't understand the fact that what the environment's effects are to get to that solution. Mm -hmm. You know, you get fossil fuels, but yet you're digging rare earth out like by the tons uh, to facilitate these uh, Green New Deal solar panels, wind turbines. There's like 1,400 pounds of rare earth in a turbine, uh, mm -hmm. electric cars. You know, but yet they're destroying the environment to mine these things. And they're mining these things in China, third world countries, and they're mining them on the backs of slave labor and child labor. So again, they don't take those into consideration. They don't tell you about those. And unfortunately, they're not green. But, you know, you even here in Mississippi, we got our power company cutting down a thousand acres of trees to put mm -hmm. in solar panels. You know, you're talking yeah. about taking carbon out of the atmosphere, but yet you're gonna take all the trees out and put solar panels in. How is that logical? Not to mention the fact, you know, you would think with all that thing pointing up there and the sun glaring down, we're gonna get hotter that way. But the logical <laughs> yeah. and the common sense solution, which I've met with people in DC and uh, I toured a couple of regenerative farms. I'm going to Florida to meet with a researcher on industrial hemp. But common sense solutions say, if you want to get rid of climate change that doesn't hurt us and doesn't cost trillions of dollars, we're working on uh, regenerative farming right now, which is actually going really well all over the country. 
There's people all over doing regenerative farming. Walmart's behind it now. Whole Foods is behind it. And what it does, it doesn't hurt farming, but what it does is it keeps the carbon in the soil, which is actually better for the soil, and 30% of carbon emissions come from farming. So here's a common sense solution that doesn't cost us anything. And then on top of that, I met with this group called Carbon Green or something like that up in D.C., and industrial hemp. They're actually researching that right now where you can plant industrial hemp. And industrial hemp actually takes carbon out of the air. And the difference is, is say like a stand of a forest, a hectare of forest, mm-hmm. takes two to five tons of carbon out of the air every year. Yep. A hectare of industrial hemp takes eight to 15 tons out of the, out of the air. And it takes 30, 40 years to grow trees. It takes 90 to 120 days to grow industrial hemp. And there's bazillions of uses for the hemp. So, I mean, it's growing right now. We're growing it all over right now. And according to their research, which they're doing research on a grant right now down in Florida, that it'll actually bring our temperature down, which after 40 years of letting the Democrats run the narrative, why don't we push this that doesn't cost trillions of dollars, doesn't hurt the planet, and is useful over getting rid of all of our fossil fuels? The group I yeah. talked to said, we don't need solar panels. We don't need wind turbines. We don't need electric cars. If we just planted hemp, that would bring the temperatures down. And that's what they're working on right now. So why wouldn't we, if I was in Congress, I can guarantee you I'd be championing this. Because, again, common sense solution that doesn't cost us nothing, and we take the narrative over. You see that yeah. the number one issue for kids is climate change. So why don't we address it and show that the conservatives are the ones that actually have the, the real solutions to it, by pointing out the fact that Democrats for four decades have controlled this narrative, spent trillions of dollars, and we're still saying that the world's going to be over in 2030. So well, that's that's kind of my concern. Yeah, that, that's my concern is that, you know, those ideas have to be tied to the reality of the facts, not the not the the uh, pie in the sky, not even pie in the sky, but the myth uh, the myth of uh, global warming, et cetera, uh, the climate's been changing since the world was created. It, it, it does it all the time, uh, you know, uh, and, and to spend trillions of our kids and grant, now our grandkids' dollars and put them in debt on these, on these ideas like electric vehicles and those kind of things, uh, when it's not necessary, uh, is crazy. You know, we'd be better off doing those ideas and, and going back into the new nuclear reactor technology, uh, the Gen 3s and Gen 4s that are available today, which are very safe, and use their own fuel product. The product of the fuel, the outcome, which used to be called waste, can be used in the new reactor technology to continue to burn it. Uh, and it's the only clean, mass, reliable energy that's available under current technology today that would solve all of that issue. No natural gas, no coal for these these uh, uh, these uh, utility plants uh, and those kind of things. Uh, you know, it's just, I like the idea of the industrial hemp. Uh, I've, I've been an advocate of planting new trees. Uh, I taught my kids to do it. I've done it. Uh, and I have friends that they do it uh, systematically everywhere they go. They try to plant new trees because that's the way you get a, you get a handle on this stuff. 
but you got to do it from a reality perspective. We've got to teach the kids that are concerned about the climate, uh, climate change that we have to deal in reality so we know what we're doing. Well, the good part is, too, you got to remember, if you use this technology, this, this technique to change the climate and you need to reverse it, it's something you do like that. It's not like the electric yeah. cars will destroy the environment and stuff. This is something like, oh, well, it's starting to cool down. Well, just don't plant as much. And so we, we plant like, I think it's a hundred uh, hundred million acres of corn right now for biofuel. Mm -hmm. You could replace that with hemp. And right there, you've got enough hemp that's going to start helping take the carbon out of the atmosphere. And again, carbon's good for everything, but it's not going to hurt us if we do this, because we can always change back if, if it's too much, you know, again, you can adjust this and it doesn't cost trillions of dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we use the, the ideas that are out there right now. And, uh, and again, I'm not a climate change person. I mean, I do believe that, you know, it's natural, but mm -hmm. we can't just sit there and say, there's no climate change. So that's our, that's our story. That's it. Because look at, no. look at uh, the presidential debate. You know, that young man that asked that question said, my question is, what are you guys going to do about climate change? And this is the number one issue for young people. What did every one of the, the presidential contenders say? There's no such thing as climate change. Okay. Well, so you well, can't say that. You can't no. say that. What you've got to say, you, you've got to lead that question, that answer with, here are the facts, uh, you yes. know, and there are things we do need to do uh, as we move along and become a, you know, larger and larger industrial population uh, that uh, helps minimize the impact on the environment. Uh, but you deal with the facts first and here are the facts guy, you know, and here's what we can do, what we want to do about it. That's how you answer that question. Uh, you don't, you don't just uh, set the person aside and say you're dumb and, and your idea doesn't really exist. I get that. All right, man. Well, we've got to take our last break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about more of your, uh, policy ideas that you want to bring to Congress, uh, Carl, because there's a lot at stake. We'll see that in the opening video in the next segment. I'm Rob Manus. We'll be right back. Moms and dads of America, you love your kids. You love God. You love this country. And you're tired of watching companies betray your values and ruin great products. Don't get angry. Invest your time, energy, and money into the people that are building the country you want for your kids and standing for the values that will lead to their blessing and protection. Invest in companies like Brave Books. They are on a mission to create content for kids that is safe for them to enjoy. They have kids books that teach about character, hard work, and the value of being brave. If you join their Book of the Month Club, you get a new book sent to your door every month that will teach your kids pro-God, pro-American values. Brave books will not betray your trust. Your children and your grandchildren will thank you. Remember, the land of the free depends on the homes of the brave. This one's on me, bud. 
On this very floor in January, the whole world witnessed a historic contest for House Speaker. I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. We have had no vote on term limits or on balanced budgets as the agreement demanded and required. There's been no full release of the January 6 tapes. As you promised, there has been insufficient accountability for the Biden crime family. And instead of cutting spending to raise the debt limit, you relied on budgetary gimmicks and rescissions so that you ultimately ended up serving as the valet to underwrite Biden's debt and advance his spending agenda. Mr. Speaker, you boasted in January that we would use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. But here we are, eight months later, and we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. That's how you know that the rushed and you know, somewhat rattled performance you just saw from the Speaker isn't real. At this point during Democrat control over the House of Representatives, they had already brought in Don Jr. three times. And we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. Power of the subpoena and power of the purse. Only thing the 118th Congress is known for at this point is electing Kevin McCarthy speaker and underwriting Biden's debt. And unfortunately, there's only one of those things we can remediate at this time. Power of the purse. Our That's what's at stake, folks. Uh, I'm Rob Manus. Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show Live. Uh, and we're talking to a congressional primary challenger in Mississippi's 4th District uh, against a congressman that was just elected in the last election because we, the voters here, removed a congressman that really hadn't done a whole lot, uh, uh, Carl. And uh, uh, that's, but that's what's at stake. I think, I think uh, Gates summed it up uh, very nicely there. Uh, the, the, the simplicity of this, uh, but the feet aren't moving. It's like they're stuck in clay, man. Uh, you know, and, and that just tells you everything you need to know. Uh, so when you get up there, uh, uh, I like that climate change discussion. Uh, I like your ideas on that. I hadn't heard about the industrial hemp the, the, the large project, so I'm gonna look into that further. Uh, I hope you'll look at the, the new generation of nuclear reactors. I think that's a, that's a very doable and the most green, most reliable, uh, and, and most abundant energy uh, that we could provide for ourselves uh, with the least impact on the environment. Uh, but what, what else are your big policy agenda items uh, that you wanna take on? I mean, there's a lot of stuff, you know, the politicization of the DOD the weaponization of, of the whole, the federal government has gone rogue completely. And I served in the federal government for 33 years plus, you know, or 32 um, years plus, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, and right. it's completely rogue. You're right. The list is long, long. But <laughs> the difference between me and uh, other people is if I win the primary in March, before I take office in January of the next year, I'll have five to 10 bills ready to introduce when I get there on day one. You know, I don't, uh, again, I'm not afraid to get out there in front of an issue and stuff. And, and it's just like if I was there right now, you know, they're talking all this pandemic stuff. Well, again, common sense solutions are out there. I actually know a guy that has a system that he's selling throughout the country right now. Not very, you know, uh, not a lot of people know about it, 
but it's a system that goes in houses. It can go into schools. It can go into hospitals that goes in. It, it's mounted in your house and it shoots out molecules that attach itself to salmonella, E. coli, COVID and flu viruses, renders them neutral in the air and on surfaces. So a common sense solution to stop the spread without going through the mass, the vaccines would be, how about we support that? Why don't we go out there and push that? Which he's doing it right now and I'm trying to help him on it. But you know, again, these are the solutions that there's always a solution out there for something. Yep. We're just not, you know, our congressmen and stuff just get there and sit on their laurels and just want to get reelected. They don't care about getting out and doing something. I mean, you know, we have congressmen that are great, but we have a lot that are just, you know, bench warmers. They're just there to yep. wait till they're told how to vote. And then they vote that way. I mean, it's like this election integrity. I think we need a federal law that like with Trump, where they're indicting him in all these states by liberal DOJ, uh, DAs, liberal prosecutors, the DOJ. We should have a law against an election interference and we should backdate it a year or so so we can catch these guys. And that is that if you're campaigning on the fact that you're going to arrest somebody because they're running for office and you don't like them, you should go to prison. And we should put them in prison for a long time. We need to have teeth in our laws. And, you know, you look at these people that campaigned on, I'm going to get Trump. Normally in the Department of Justice or injustice, you got a crime and then you go after the perpetrator. Not yeah. find the guy you don't like, investigate and investigate for two years until you can find a charge, a trumped up charge, and then indict him. You know, to me, it's like the January 6th protesters and stuff. I don't get it. If I was in Congress, I would be at the jailhouse or at the court and try to get as many people as possible there daily to try to protest the fact that they're holding our people without a speedy trial. You know, they called it an insurrection, but yet how many people got arrested? I mean, got uh, found guilty for insurrection? Zero. Zero. Yeah. So how do you call it an insurrection? You know, again, it was a riot, not even as bad as the BLM riots, but it was a riot yeah. that got out of control, which, of course, could have been prompted by our own FBI. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> there's there's so many questions about it. So, you know, as Republicans, just sitting back and saying, well, they shouldn't do that. No, you got to get involved. You got to get out there and show that you support them, you know, and, and I just don't get it because, I mean, when we did that protest for the uh, taking down the American flag and putting up the gay pride flag, I went out and protest. We got a bunch of people out there. If I was in Congress, I would have came back and protested and tried to get more people out there because yeah. disrespecting our service members by taking down a, a flag over a VA cemetery is a veteran cemetery is crazy. And again, that's why I say getting involved is what we have to do as Republicans. We need to bring people together. We need to do like Nixon did and get the silent majority out in 72. He won in a landslide, but he encouraged and he got the silent majority to show up. And that's what we need to do. We just we have do, to find but right we, we do, but we have the power right now in Congress through the budget and the funding sources to stop a lot of the stuff in its tracks. You know, defund those woke programs in every department. Right. You got to do it. You That's know, right. even this continuing resolution, you know, 
if you like it so much, why don't you put each one of those things in a single bill? Yes. You know, if, if you put the wall bill, the border security bill, vote on it, you know, mm-hmm. put all these things. If you think these are great ideas, put them all in a bill separate so that people can go on the record that support building the wall. And Hey, there's stuff out there that, you know, the Democrats are going to get, that's not going to pass because we don't yeah. want wokeness in our schools. We don't want wokeness in our military. You know, we have to fight that. And if it's such a great bill, just put it separated out into the smaller bills, you know, let people vote on it. Yeah, exactly right. You know, the Republicans get pushed on with the defense department's bill all the time. And, uh, you know, the, the renaming commission is, has gone beyond its, its scope that from the NDAA of, of, uh, of 2021, uh, and is trying to take monuments out of cemeteries that are grave markers for God's sake. Uh, you know, I don't see anybody in Congress stepping up uh, uh, with, I mean, there may be one or two, but uh, very few exceptions. And all they've got to do is just defund the naming commission. Right. Defund it. Your activities are over. It's over. We and we person. have the power today to do it. Uh, and that's why we need more people like you uh, in Congress, Carl, because that's that's what people need to know is that, yeah, we can go demonstrate all we want, and I'm all for that. I agree with you. Uh, we have to do more of it. We have to get better at that. We have to get better at community organizing on our side and those kind of things, or America is just going to continue to go down this path uh, to its own destruction. It's, it's like a slow-motion suicide uh, attempt is what it looks like to me sometimes. Uh, uh, but, uh, but the real power to stop this rogue federal government is in those budgets. Uh, and, and that's why it's so important that McCarthy just stick to the agreement, you know, okay. stick to the agreement. Hey, man, let's go over to the X Spaces audience and see if we can get somebody with a question, uh, Shell, uh, and, uh, and get them engaged a little bit before we end this show. Yes, sir. But we only have James left up here on the panel, so if James has something. Go ahead, James. Hey, yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, you know, I think it's been a great show. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, I think that this is a subject matter that all of America needs more attention to be spent on. Uh, the fact that, uh, honestly, our Congress is doing nothing to help America right now, and, and we need to do the right things to fix that situation. So uh, thanks for the great show, and uh, I look forward to uh, better ones in the future. Well, thank you, James, and thanks, Shell, for and the Spaces audience for your participation. It really makes the show even better than it was a few weeks ago before we started this live audience uh, simulcast. Uh, Carl, I uh, appreciate you joining us here. We've got about a minute left. I just want to turn it over to you to uh, put your you know coordinates out there where people can donate to your campaign and help support you. Uh, but uh, but also any final thoughts on this race as you uh, uh, proceed out at the very beginning here, really. Yeah, well, like I say, I, we're just getting started. Uh, we we have a lot of plans coming up. Uh, we're going to hit it hard. We're gonna. We've got a. I've got a lot of people that want to support me, want to get out and help me and stuff. So, I think we'll have a pretty decent race this time. And uh, you know, I I just want to try to get everybody involved. I mean, my main thing is try to get people to get involved with the apathy we have going on. Everywhere I go, everywhere I talk, it's like, you know, you got to get out. You got to get out. You can't just sit back and complain. We, If we don't get involved, 
when we lose the country, there's no getting it back. And Carl for Congress. That's it, folks. Carl for Congress. Well, thank you, Mr. Boynton. We appreciate it. Thank you for stepping up. Uh, somebody who's served the country and run for office, too. I know you've done it before, but thank you for stepping up again. You've seen the need, uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, I know you can get it done. Uh, we, we look forward to seeing you out there on the campaign trail, uh, my friend. Uh, well, folks, that's it for Rob Manus Live today. Tomorrow is Whistleblower Wednesday. We've got Michael Yan. He's down in the Darien Gap in Panama, and he's got some damning videos uh, Chinese uh, military-age males, lots of people from Afghanistan, the Middle East, Iran, uh, and a lot going on down there. And he's agreed to, to spend an entire hour with us tomorrow on Whistleblower Wednesday, right here on Red Voice Media Network, the most dangerous network in America because we bring you the facts and the truth. That's why Tucker's still laughing. <laughs> cronies have lost over three trillion of america's retirement savings in 2022 alone with inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing do you have a plan to protect your wealth our friends at american alternative assets help you protect your retirement savings by rolling over your ira or 401k into a gold ira fact is you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax deferred status visit protectfrombiden.com today to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will give you all the answers you need. American Alternative Assets is an A-plus and accredited member of the Better Business Bureau. Protect your savings now before it's too late. Visit protectfrombiden.com. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. If you're like me and you want to be prepared for the unexpected. That's where the wellness company's emergency medical kit comes Over 40% of Americans say that they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation. Medical emergency kits with ivermectin. The kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand in the event of natural disasters, supply chain shortages, medical emergencies, or like an apocalyptic situation. These are the actual medications that you would need in the event of certain situations. So they've got emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics. and dads of America, you love your kids, you love God, you love this country, and you're tired of watching companies betray your values and ruin great products. Don't get angry. Invest your time, energy, and money into the people that are building the country you want for your kids and standing for the values that will lead to their blessing and protection. Invest in companies like Brave Books, they are on a mission to create content for kids that is safe for them to enjoy. They have kids' books that teach about character, hard work, and the value of being brave. 
If you join their Book of the Month Club, you get a new book sent to your door every month that will teach your kids pro-God, pro-American values. Brave books will not betray your trust. Your children and your grandchildren will thank you. Remember, the land of the free depends on the homes of the brave. <laughs> 